maybe, maybe 2021 can be the year of the fine liners. Everyone dust them off and just have a go. Just add a little bit of colour to your pencil pictures, people. 2021, year of the fine liner. <laughs> Yes, let's listen to Bex Harris and make 2021 the year of the fineliners. At least I think we are a lot of colorists that started with fineliners once upon a time, but after some time we moved on to other mediums like colored pencils and forgot how much we once loved those fineliners. But Bex Harris never abandoned her fineliners and she does amazing and colorful pictures using them. So welcome to this episode of Passionista Colorista, where you will get Beck's best tips. And I hope you will be as inspired as I was when I spoke to her. And if you don't know who Bex Harris is, you might recognize her under the name Color Bright Bex, the name she uses on Instagram and YouTube. When I first set up my Instagram, it was just to, it's purely for my the coloring that was out there. And my style, uh, what I like to do is very, very colourful. I like using all the colours, probably too much sometimes. I just get enjoyment for bright and, and beautiful things. So, yeah, colour bright becks kind of seemed appropriate because that's what I always do. <laughs> is that why you love fine liners so much? I think so. It's definitely part of it. I mean, I started with fine liners and, well, textures before I got to fine liners. But it's very vibrant colours. Not more so than pencils, because you can certainly be very vibrant with pencils. But the immediacy of as soon as you put the, the fine liner to the paper, um, yeah, it just floods it with colour. Um, it's where I come from. I've always coloured using textures, markers, whatever you want to call them. Felt tips, as I would have called it in the UK where I come from. Yeah, so that was what I was used to. So it could be part of it. Yes, indeed. We're going to talk a lot about fine liners and other things. But uh, before that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yes, I am. Um, well, I'm originally from the UK. So I've been living here in Australia for 16 years now. And I was originally from Birmingham in the UK. And those English people listening to this would be able to tell the Birmingham accent because you, you never get rid of it. Hmm. Um And I backpacked. So when I was living in the UK, I went to university, you know, did, did work for a couple of years, saved some money, and I backpacked around Australia. I worked in, lived and worked in Sydney for a few months and then just went all up the East Coast and around and just fell in love with the people, the country, the place. Just, just, it's a beautiful place to live. Um, and then my husband and I came back. We actually got married in Sydney, actually. Uh, the one year and we kept coming over on holidays every year and the end in the end we said you know we should go and live there for a while my family were distraught because i was leaving the uk obviously um, but having said that they also realized the opportunities in australia so yeah we came out in 2004 and nearly went and lived over on the east coast which is where sydney is but when we travel around perth is a lot quieter it's actually the most isolated capital city in the world Hmm. Um, it's the capital of WA. It only has just over two million people, and it just had that more f sort of family vibe. We knew um, we wanted children and so on. So yeah, we were looking for a slower pace of life, um, and Australia certainly has uh, lent us that. So yeah, I feel very, very blessed and lucky to be here in Australia. 
how did uh, this coloring book passion started for you? Oh, I've I've always colored. So when I was a little girl, always loved getting, you know, at Christmas time you get a new pack of felt tip pens, we'd call them in the UK, felt tip pens and you get a new pencil case and I'll put it all together. So I always always colored and I still maintain that in my teenage years, in my 20s. It's just something I've always enjoyed doing, but obviously then it was mainly for children. And so I've always, even here in Australia, scouted around for children's colouring books with sort of better quality paper. So that when I use my go-to markers were Faber-Castell connector pens. So when I use my connector pens, you know, it wouldn't bleed through. And yeah, I've just always done it. It's a real relaxation for me um, and a way of being sort of creative and to calm my mind. I've got a busy job. I do a lot, of, a lot of stuff every day. So when I get home and I've, I've done the tea and, you know, the boys are sorted and I've had my shower and I can sit down and relax, it's sort of my time. I always colour at night at the end of the day and it just relaxes me and, and kind of like a form of meditation. I've heard other people say that and I agree. It's a, yeah, it's, it's like a downtime. And you, you start colouring, or for me, I start colouring and just get into like a flow state where I'm, I'm just it's me paper and watching the colour appear in front of me again maybe that's why I like fine liners so much it's that um, flood of colour on, on the white paper I just love it and I love your style so much I also I get so much happiness from bright colours yes yes I do it, it's like when summer comes around after you've gone through winter and autumn um, and summer comes around and the sun comes out or in spring and you, you see the flowers and just, just, yeah, bright colours just makes every, everything better, everyone happier, definitely. Sometimes I have tried to colour less colourful, but it never feels good for me. I love to see other people colour like that, but I, I just have to keep doing them. So in the end, they are like colour bombs. Yeah, I totally agree. I've, I've, I've tried to challenge myself and do more muted tones and it, yeah, it just, colour just ends up creeping in. What I like sometimes, it's always good doing challenges and things. I like the, um, I've done a couple where you just keep it to one shade. So only blues or only greens or that's, uh, good to do sometimes. I did a black and white one once as well, which was difficult, but it was, it made you concentrate a bit more on shading and, you know, getting different effects with, with just the one colour. But yeah, even when I've tried on trying to make the, the picture maybe go for an autumn theme or, or something, yeah, colour always, always seeps back in. So in the end, I give up and just, <laughs> just colour brightly. <laughs> well, I can't fight it. It's just how it is. <laughs> you have coloured all your life, as you said. Do you remember your first adult colouring book? Absolutely. It was um, the the totally amazing woman, Joanna Basford. And I was walking in a, um, there's a supermarket chain in Australia called Big W. Um, and we just, just one of those shops that kind of sells bits of everything. And I was having a look in the kids section of the coloring books as usual. Um, and look, and I happened to wander over to, uh, like an arts and craft park and I saw this book, Secret Garden and thought, oh, I picked it up, had a look. Opened it up and was blown away by the amount of detail in the illustration first, because obviously children's books are more, you know, bigger, bigger line art. Um, and so, oh, well, I'm going to get this. This looks fantastic. 
um, still only had my my big Faber Castell connector pens, um, and I got home that night and the the first picture I did, I just didn't even know which one to start with because they were all amazing. Um, started doing it and just absolutely um, yeah fell in love with uh, colouring the book. And then Isabel, I, I went to work on the following Monday. That was on a Saturday, and I thought, oh, I wonder if she's done any more books this Joanna Bassford. I'll, I'll Google her and have a look. So I went onto the Joanna Bassford website. And I was having a little look around. Um, I think she had a couple of books. She had Enchanted um, Forest and Lost Ocean out at that point. Um, but I went to, there was a, a tab called Gallery. So I thought, I'll have a look on there. Oh, I clicked on Gallery. I, I can remember this moment distinctly. I was sitting at my desk at work, eating my lunch, having a sandwich. I clicked on Gallery, and then these pictures come up of adult colouring. The first I've ever seen. I didn't even notice it. And it was pure art. The amazing pictures that, you know, that they'd created out of um, some of the secret garden ones. So I knew what it looked like before. Uh, and then what was I was looking at now and my mouth just <laughs> fell open. Um, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what have I stumbled onto? This is just amazing. And I was, I, I'd spent many, many happy hours going through that gallery over, over the, the months following. And then I had a stroke of luck and I went onto Facebook and just put in Joanna Basford in the search and up popped this group called Joanna Basford Your Pages. So I went on there, joined and must have asked a million questions, as all <laughs> newbie colorists do. And I just love the way the colouring community shares pictures, especially when you're new to a hobby. You need to, one, see different styles and, and different things, but you're also going to have a million questions. And they were just so helpful and, you know, explaining things. And that was where I first, because obviously I was still only using felt tip pens, first discovered there was a thing called fine liners. And I'm like, okay, fine liners, I can I can have a look for those. Claire Holloway, who was just a member of the group at that point, answered a lot of my questions. In fact, I blame Claire for a lot of things. And certainly the first couple of months of me getting into adult colouring, I spent a lot of money <laughs> on, on material. Me too. <laughs> and it's all Claire's fault. She'd go, oh, what you need is, oh, what you need. I, I now don't need any encouragement, but, um, yeah, at the time. But she mentioned fine liners and said all oh, those pencils and Prismacolors. First, she introduced me to Prismacolors and so on. But at first, I just went to my local stationery shop, bought the Triplus, Stadler Triplus fine liners, which I now know is the smallest nib you can get, the 0.3 millimetre. And, yeah, I just loved it, absolutely loved it. Um was colouring in Secret Garden, still only using, I was using a combination of the fine liners and the, the textures at that point. And then probably a couple of months down the track, Claire convinced me and I bought some Prismacolors. And a funny story with that, I bought the Prismacolors and there's 150. I got them for my birthday, so they're quite expensive. And I thought, oh, this is great. And, you know, I picked off the first layer and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I'm, I'm messaging Claire and saying, oh, it's really good. And something come up and we were talking about our oh, greys or something. And I said, oh, my set hasn't got any. And she said, what do you mean your set hasn't got any? Of course I have. You've got the 100. And I'm going, no. And she went, <laughs> you do know there's, there's three layers. And I'm like, oh. Anyway, I went and opened the tin, and I'd been colouring them, only using two layers. And I opened the third layer, and went, whoa, there's more colours. Uh, I think other people must have done, surely. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I started using um, Prism, but I, at that point, I still I still love my fine liners. Because when you start with pencils, it's quite difficult, the blending mm -hmm. and having to learn everything. But 
I've, I've never really been into YouTube or anything, so I only really stayed and asked questions on the Joanna Basford Your Pages group. But everyone was so helpful on there that that's all I needed at that time and just sort of took it and developed it from there. So in different hobbies I've had over the years, I've never met such a giving bunch of people willing to help, you know, with new people coming in. Yeah, really great. Um, yeah, really, really giving beautiful bunch of people. And I, I think it's so wonderful that you still use your fine liners so much because I started to use my fine liners as well I, and felt tip pens. And after some time when I started to learn how to use colored pencils, I kind of abandoned them. But they are lovely tools and I get so inspired when I watch your colorings and your YouTube videos. I think that's quite common. When I've spoken to people, it's almost like a it's a progression, isn't it? So often people can start with fine liners or something because that's or felting pens because that's what they know, maybe like me. But as they progress through and get the pencils, and you can do amazing things with pencils, and they're probably for things like blending colours and that in particular. They're obviously you can do way more than. Uh, with fine liners and so I think it's a natural progression people move on to pencils and then get you know there's so many pencil sets you can have out there that they get into all those different ones you know your, your wax based your oil based and kind of take off in that direction and the poor little fine liners are left behind <laughs> I feel sorry for all those all those little fine liners that are gathering dust what I use now is I mean I do do fine liner only sometimes still but to be honest what I use now is a combination of both so Uh, polychromos are my go-to pencils but I very rare in fact I can't remember the last time I used polychromos without using fine liners as well I use the both fine liners for me are great for going over the black lines for enhancing for doing really detailed parts um, they just work really well with the pencils so yeah I use both all the time now so using in combination what is it about polychromos that makes uh, them your favorite colored pencils Prismacolor, I think, were great when I first started with pencils. And I think as a, as a beginner, that's the, um, or, you know, when you really want to step up to that artist level pencil, Prismacolor is brilliant. I think when I got the polychromos, I only got a small set. They were a gift. But the second I started using them, I'm quite heavy handed, I think. I tend to add a lot of pressure naturally. Me too. Yeah, do you? And polychromos, it's, it's a bit like with the fine liners. They, they just give me that depth of colour straight away. I also, because it's interesting, when I, cause I listen to um, the people you interview on, on your podcast, and a lot of people colour from light to dark and do lots of layers with, with polychromos. I don't. I always go dark to light. And I honestly, I, I tend to blend as I would with a fine liner. I blend by shades rather than layers. So I pick a... Uh, maybe three or four shades of red go in with the darkest first and then blend at the very edge but I don't go over the whole colour making layers it's hard to describe but and I just find it for polychromos work using that way of colouring uh, for me a lot better but I'm pretty heavy handed I think that's why um, I'm not I'm not very patient I can't do 12 layers to get <laughs> to get a blend I need instant colour Isabel instant colour straight away <laughs> 
Oh, it feels like you're my soulmate because I feel the same, but I have been kind of embarrassed about this. I feel like I'm doing it wrong and I can't love my polychromos because I try to do these uh, light layers and it takes so long time and I can't get that vivid colors I want to. But maybe I should just skip the light layers and do your way. Yeah, embrace your heavy hands, skip the light layers and just go in with the, um, the darkest first. And it just, I often get asked as well, what do you cover your picture with or whatever? Because when I do a video, because photos do pictures a, a disservice sometimes, I think. So sometimes I like to show the video because you can catch the light and you can see. And it looks almost like there's a, a sheen that I've put over my whole picture. But it's nice because I'm so heavy handed <laughs> with my polychromos. <laughs> I've kind of burnished it by, um, by default. But it doesn't matter for me because I don't do that layering approach. So burnishing it, as long as the edges that are touching are kind of blended in it's okay so and again maybe in some ways it's a gift that I haven't followed lots of YouTube I asked questions in the Joanna Bassford group and that was it so very much how I colours it's just my own way of colouring I've not particularly followed much I just kind of do my own thing and some of the colours I put together sometimes feel a bit like that I don't really follow prescribed combinations or, or anything I just yeah pick the colour that happens to jump out at me as I'm doing the page. I don't pre-plan my pictures either. If I look at a picture, I'll, I'll start on one point with a colour that's calling to me at that time. And so I'd, so it's almost like the picture I'm, or illustration I'm colouring sort of evolves as I colour it. And it's as much a surprise to me when I finish um, <laughs> as to what it looks like than, um, than it is for an, an, everyone else watching. I love on Instagram, and this is why I do it, seeing works in progress pictures or even on the stories and things because it's just, for me, the the actual, it's the process of colouring I'm in love with, not so much the end result. And it's the um, seeing how people sort of approach a picture and how the colours are going onto the, the page and how it develops that's what really interests me so every night I tend to when I'm colouring tend to post my work in progress pick on my Instagram page just to yeah that's where I am but I honestly don't know what the picture's going to look like till it's at the end and then when it's done I take a couple of photos and I'm on to the next picture <laughs> when um, someone asked me once uh, sort of what's my favourite picture or and I really, my favourite one is always the one I'm currently working on because that's the one where I'm sort of in the moment with the paper and the pencil and the fine liner. Once it's finished, I'm ready for the next one. But are you happy with the result or is it totally... Oh, no, no, yeah, I'm, I, I'm happier with some, some more than others, but there's, I don't really attach a... Um, Either way, I've still enjoyed the process of the colouring itself, I think, is, is, is the answer. It's, um, I, I, I've still got the relaxation. I've still got the kind of meditation, the creative outlet. I've still got all the benefits, whether I'm liking a picture or not. Having said all of that, I also still have lots of half-finished whips, <laughs> lots of half-finished pictures mm. that just... I wasn't feeling it because this is a, a, a hobby and one I love long ago I promised myself I wouldn't force anything and I don't as in if I start a picture um, and I'm enjoying it but then I, I go back to it now I'm just not I'm not enjoying the picture I try not to force myself to finish it I don't I'll walk away I'll do another picture and then often I will go back 
to sort of half done whips and pick it up and finish it off but sometimes I don't and that's okay because this is a hobby it's done for enjoyment it's done for relaxation there's no pressure often with um because I'm now one of the moderators on the Joanna uh, Basswood page we'll get a lot of people sort of saying oh I hate this it's not a good a good picture it's not as good as you know mm. others on here I don't and it, it shouldn't be about that comparison is a thief of joy is a great quote because it really is do never ever compare it's about how you enjoy your coloring and you know the end result is good and over time you'll get better and better and over time you'll find your own style as well you just enjoy the moment and enjoy enjoy it as you're doing it and over the years, yeah, it'll get better and better. That's what I reckon. You said you don't pre-plan your pages, but how do you start a page? How do you decide where to start and what to start, what colors to use? So when I look at a page, I, I focus in on just one part, just one part of that line illustration that, that stands out to me. It's like a certain leaf or a certain part of the pattern, if it's a mandala. And I'll just start with that one, look at it and see what, shouts to me it's, it's hard to explain but often it'll be a dark color often it'll be reds or it'll be turquoise or some kind of combination of one of my go-tos um, and I just start on that point and then as I'm doing it I sit back once I've done that leaf say and look at it and go right okay and what's the next one to it and then start again so when I've done the YouTube some of those I've a couple of the Rita Berman illustrations I've done on there quite bright colors um, there's a draft one that I did and I was trying to explain through that as I'm looking at the page, okay, I've got a group of pink leaves on the bottom left. So I'm now going to look at maybe using those same pinks at the top right across the page and then do that. And then now I want to balance that with some blues. So there is some thought going into it, but I don't know what it's going to look like at the very beginning. I've, I know some people, and I really admire them for it, are, are super organised, way more organised than me and have everything swatched out. And, and they, they even have almost like a little plan of what colours they're going to do what on their picture before and I think that's amazing because that, that's very organised and um, gives you some certainty of how you're going to approach it um, it's just it, it's never really worked for me I have tried that kind of pre-planning more and it just it never comes out I never follow my own rules <laughs> I think my job as a finance manager is very following rules and procedures and structured I'm an accountant, so in my work life, I'm very everything adds has to has to add up and balance, and very controlled. And so, when I come home uh, for my hobby at the end of the night, I want it to be free. I want it to be the direct opposite almost, and that's why I love it so much. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But how do you combine your coloured pencils with the fine liners, as you do a lot? One of one of the best ways for me is. Uh, I'll go in with the pencil first and the fine liner is last. So I'll colour like one section and I'll often, I always, always outline over the black line of the line illustration in a fine line that, that is the darkest colour of the pencils I've used. So say I've gone in and I've, I've, I've coloured a leaf in a dark turquoise, mid turquoise and a, a light turquoise or cobalt or, or whatever the, the, the pencils are. I will always go in then with a dark turquoise fine liner and then go over the black line around the edge and it does take on the colour you could like it does mute the black and mm. the colour comes through and it seems to make the pencil colours pop as well and stand out more because often I've had quite a few questions on my uh, when I photographed pictures um, I put them on Instagram like oh the colours really stand out or the pop it's the fine liners 
working with the pencils make that happen definitely and then if it's a leaf or something you can then go over the top of pencils and just put some thin lines or add a, a bit more if you've got a particular dark area uh, go in a few dots and just make that even darker so I see the fine liners as sort of adding value to the pencil that you've already put down and embellish a bit more to it. So maybe there's a suggestion, if you don't believe me, go and get your fine liners, do two leaves, and then out, just outline. You're going over lines that are already there. You're not creating anything new. Just outline it, and it just makes the pencils pop. Like, really, stand, the colours just, just stand out more. Yeah. Bex lining, try it. <laughs> because I have often used... Uh maybe not fine liners but felty pens and uh, markers like that as a base layer and then add shadows with pencils but you are doing the other way around i do do it the other way around yeah again i don't follow rules very well um no i do (laughs) the other way around always pencils first and fine liners and also gel pens got metallic i use gold and silver the silver looks almost white when you take photographs and you get the angle right. And I use a lot of uh, pointillism dots, basically, with the gel pens um, to embellish. Um, and I thought, yeah, I just find it works well. But no, pens, definitely pencil down first, then fine liners. Someone asked me a question about that the other day, mentioning putting markers down first. Like the big Tombow brush pens are really good and they're water-based. They won't go through your paper, if you, you know, in your journal books or whatever. I could see there being, if you use that for a light background, like light pale blue or something, and then going in with pencils, it'd be a lot quicker. I mean, that's something else I really like with um, using felt tips, textures and, and pens. It's just quicker as well. Because I do it every night, I suppose. I do get through an average picture in maybe three nights, maybe four nights. But I think part of that is because of the use of fine liners. It's nice and quick and because I don't layer. I don't layer, Isabel, so I'm not there doing 12 layers on it. <laughs> I'm doing one layer and I'm doing it quickly <laughs> and with a heavy hand. <laughs> I feel so relieved. I feel so relieved <laughs> that this is allowed. I think I I have a tendency to... I want to follow recipes exactly, so I feel like I need to do it this right or it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There there is no right or wrong. There is only colour on the page. It can't be right or wrong. Even when you see children's pictures, children have no... Oh, they might want to make the grass green and they might want to make the sky blue. But apart from that, they they, they just colour. And just the stuff they do and the colour combinations. Um, so, you know, new colourists posting things on the groups. And, and they just do some lovely, lovely combinations. And they inspire me just as much as, you know, your more experienced colourists, just because of the way they've put the colours together or how they've approached something. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. There's just colour. <laughs> You are right. I will try to be more free. (laughs) When you sit there, you're colouring every night, you say? Yes, I colour every day, yes. Every evening, actually. I don't colour during the day. I work full-time, so when I get home, do the dinner, If I'm sometimes go to the gym or or whatever, sort the boys out and then shower, pyjamas, and I have about at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours of sitting. I sit on the couch, so my husband, I do sort of spend time with my husband. He's on the other couch. <laughs> I sit on the couch, the TV. I have pots of fine liners in like a tr- on like a tray that sort of sits on the side of, of my sofa. My pencils in a pencil case, my polychromos on the other side. Put a tr- I put my feet up on my um, on my stool and then yeah, a book on my lap and I colour every night. And it's my real 
wind down time, definitely. Does your family and your friends understand this hobby? No. <laughs> no, I, I think I think I'm more mad. Um, no, I, it's it's the, it's what I think all colorists experience. I get a few mixed reactions when people find out uh, what one of my hobbies is. So some people look surprised and like, what 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 do you mean you cut you sit and color in a coloring book like it's something only children do? But then when they actually if if they're actually interested in that or they for some other reason see some of what I've done they realise it's it's a slightly different to that. I've had people who are interested. I have bought a lot of books and pens and pencils as gifts for people, and some have liked it, some haven't, and that's fine. So you know, at least I've tried it. Um, I just get so much out of it. I, I I try and try and spread the love and sort of say you know just try it just if you're trying to relax or especially in the covid times i've sent quite a few pens and pencils to uk family and stuff to have have something to do when people suddenly couldn't get out or they couldn't get around it's just another alternative so some people take to it some people don't and that's okay i'm used to the funny looks and stuff it's it's my thing it's okay it's not for everyone We talked about fine liners. I want to go, get back to fine, fine liners because you said they worked very well together with polychromos. Do they work together with the wax-based uh, pencils too, on top of po- Prismacolor? You, you can. I have um, one of my Joanna Bassford uh, tutorials on YouTube. I um, use Prismacolors on purpose just because I know a lot of people have Prismacolors. And yes, you can. The one downside is compared with using it with polychromos is when you're using the fine liner over the pencil and you're outlining or something, you need to, after every, I don't know, sort of 10 strokes or so, actually wipe your nib on a piece of paper you have at the side because the wax seems to sort of pick up on the nib and it will actually stop the flow of ink if you're not careful. Have just a scrap piece of A4 white paper and just sort of wipe the nib backwards and forwards a couple of times and then go back in and colour. So that's the only thing I would say with using wax-based and the fine liner combination. Whereas Prismacolor, occasionally I might need to do it, but really not that often, not as much as with um, when I was using Prismacolors anyway. As you said, you also still do some pictures just with fine liners. And how do you use them then? So when you're using doing a fine liner owner, you really need it, um, or what's really good to have is a couple of these lighter color brush pens um, because they're really good for background. Because what you'll struggle with compared to pencils is doing large areas of an illustration. So those brush pens really help with that. So I'll often use that for a background and then I'll go in with um, the, the fine liners themselves and sort of color small areas around the edge or the outline and then use what's called pointillism is a posh name it's just dots to help blend and combine the colors together and also the dots to help give depth and texture so how you'd use a pencil um, where you go you know darker underneath and then go up to lighter to make a shadow effect or to make a to give it some depth you can do exactly the same with fine liners just using your shades because a fine liner when you put it down is always going to be that color you, you can press on a bit harder and it might go a little bit darker, but you need to be careful uh, with fine lines that you don't do that too much because it could go, you know, through the paper or whatever. But in reality, you're really not going to get much range. Your fine liner is always that one colour. So what you have to concentrate on is getting shades of the same colour in that fine liners or combining colours. So get your, if you haven't got 
you know a, a wide range of shades then get your red fine liner your orange fine liner and your yellow liner for example those three that color combination work really well together um, to blend and you can use it to create depth same with greens and yellows and blues and and purples and um, there's lots of different combinations of colors and that's where the key is if you're doing a fine liner only picture only picture is using a clever combination of colors to try and create that same type of depth and shadow and shade and and so on that you can do with pencils by blending the dots adds uh, a bit of shadow almost yes definitely and the actual application of the dots is a couple of things with that it's the angle of the pen so normal angle would be sort of not 45 degrees but you know but like you'd hold a pencil or something if when you're doing dots and you want to have a finer blend if you actually move your pen upright so it's actually going straight down uh, and and dust with it upright very lightly you'll get a slightly smaller dot than if you're at a 45 degree angle so you you maybe start at the 45 when you want the dots heavier and bigger and lots more of them and then as you move out from the line going outwards you Uh, do not as many so space them out a bit more and maybe angle your pen up slightly more so they're smaller dots and then you go in with the second pen and you do the same heavier dots on that you know where you've got the other dots and then moving out and and it's just practice of, of how you do that the other thing i would say with uh, pointillism and, and getting the dots is never dot in straight lines one we can't do straight lines very well but two it it loses randomness So the way you want the dots um, with shading to be quite random and that's how you get the blend effect. As you're dotting, let your hand go in small circles almost. So you're constantly dotting small circles and you're moving your hand across the page as you're dotting these small circles. And what actually happens when you look at that on the page is that it appears more random than if you were looking and purposely dotting in certain places. We're not actually very good at deciding where the dots have got to be. You need to let them just appear. So again, get a piece of white paper, grab your fine liner and go in small circles. So dot, 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 like that. You hear my finger tapping? So dot, 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 dot. But instead of looking and, and thinking about where you're going to dot because your brain can't work that quick, just move your hand in small circles round and then move it along the paper as you're dotting. And the dots will, will put themselves on the paper. It's hard to describe, but that's... You want a randomness to be there. So I would say have a go at that as well. If we say you are coloring a candle with fine liners, so you are doing the outline with a dark fine liner. Yes. You're doing the dots in the, at the bottom maybe to and a bit up to make some shading. And then you add another fine liner on top, a lighter color over the dots. Yep, over the dots. So what you can do is you can um, go in and like, so, so say I use a dark red. And I would outline, and it's a part of a candle or, you know, the whole body of the candle. I would outline all the candle and I'd even be going over the black line as well. All the candle at the bottom, I might actually do some block solid colouring, like you say, to get some shade just a little bit. And then at that edge where I stopped colouring, I would start doing my dots, but do a lot of them and then start to work your way up the candle. And as you're working your way up the candle, do less and less dots and lighter and lighter. So maybe go up. If you're doing a candle, say we're going to use three colours, we're going to use red, orange, yellow, go up about the third of the candle, take the dots. Then I would go in with my orange uh, fine liner. I would actually solid the colour over the very start where I stopped my 
solid color red. So everywhere I started red dots, I would solid color orange. and It creates a background for the red dots. And then as I work up, I would start doing orange dots over the lighter red dots. So they're now combining. And then I would go beyond where I stopped the red dots further up. And I would take that up to the second third. So I've sort of gone over my red and then gone over my dots. So I've got orange dots and red dots in part. And then I would take the orange dots up. Then go in with yellow and repeat exactly the same process going over the orange. So block yellow over some of the orange and red dots. So there'll be a few red ones there as well. And then start yellow dotting and take it all the way up to the top. Dot into the top very light. And that's where maybe the ivory brush pen would come in good just to give that solid colour at the top. But you can still see a few yellow dots. That's exactly how, how it works with the blending. Yep. And is this a way of making it less harsh lines? Because fine liners and felt tip pens, they can be very harsh. I mean, when you stop color, it stops there. It don't float out. That's exactly right. So so what the dots do, it's um, it breaks up that line. And that's why you want the randomness. That's why you don't want to dot in one line or dot where you think you need to. You do little circles around the edge, um, small, small, small circles to get that randomness and smooth it out. And that's why you do a lot of dots near the edge where you stopped colouring. So you can kind of blend that out. It's a, it's a like a blending effect. And when you do use the solid colour, don't do to a set line. Sort of like, you know, leave it a bit jaggy, that line, because that will assist as well um, in those colours. So... Yeah, the, the the dots are a really good technique. It's not the only technique, but it is one of the ways. So you can, with some of the fine liners, if you very uh, get the this is where the colours become more important. So say you get a, a dark blue, a mid blue, and a light blue. Don't do any dots at all, and you're colouring in say a petal of a flower. Uh, you can just use the dark blue in the two corn, like at the point of the flower and at the base of the petal. And do jagged lines. Don't do a straight line. Just kind of keep it jagged. Go in with the medium blue now, the lighter one, and go over the top of the dark blue near where you've sort of done jagged lines. And do it fairly straight away because fine liners do dry, depending on the fine liners you use. But if you do it fairly straight away, what you'll find is you can sometimes get a quite a nice blend um, straight away and then take that out a bit. And again, on the where your dark blue is at the base of the petal, go with your medium blue, do straight away, leaving a, a middle part white, and then do the same thing with your light blue. Stadler Tri Plus Fine Liners are really good at that. They blend really well. They're water-based, and so do Stabilo 0.88. They're my two go-to fine liners. The, the Tri Plus are a bit more expensive, The fine liners will last a long, long time, especially if you're using them in combination with pencils. They'll last, yeah, a long, long, long time. But the Triplus, you can blend just like you would with a pencil if you're working with those those shades that are close and you're doing it straight away. So, you know, you, you're allowing the, the fine liner maximum kind of wetness. <laughs> Not that it's wet, but, yeah, if, if you do it straight away, you can get that effect as well. Have you had problems with bleed through? Sometimes, sometimes you will get it. If you're using a water-based fine liner or pen, then you you should be fine. And definitely in you know sort of Joanna's books and so on, it's perfectly okay that the better quality paper books. I found on the occasions when it has gone through, of it, um, brush pens are easier to go through if you hold it on too long. 
if you hold it, you, the, the actual tip of the brush pen or the brush pen on the paper too long, um, you, you don't want to stay there. You want to be constantly moving. But yeah, no, no, it's been even black. So I use black marker for backgrounds a lot. And the best, and I've tried lots of black markers and the Tombow black marker is just brilliant. The brush pen jewel Tombow. And, um, but even black, I can color in a black and I tend to do, it's the one time I will do two layers with the marker because you've put the first layer black down with the brush pen and you do still see some lines. You let it dry, so you have to leave it. I'll leave it for a couple of minutes and then go back. I'll do something else and go back. Put a second layer on and the black is flawless. It's beautiful. And even when I do that, that doesn't go through when I'm using a quality colouring book um, like a Joanna or a Hannah or Kirby or something. So, yeah, you should be fine if you're using water base. If you're tempted to use alcohol base, um, and obviously you've got things like Copics or Spectrum Noir, uh, which are expensive ones, but even things like Sharpies. I know a lot of people uh, will grab Sharpies. They will definitely, definitely go straight through your book. Alcohol-based will go through. So, I, yeah, I don't. I do have them, and I will use them if I'm doodling myself, uh, you know, drawing doodles and stuff, or use them on a single paper that I've printed out in illustration. But I, I won't. I don't use them in my colouring books at all, ever. You talked about brush pens for backgrounds. Do you have any favorites? There's a couple of really good brush markers. One is the Tombow dual marker. So it's a brush pen at the end and then a small, I think it's one millimeter nib on the other end. I don't actually ever use the one millimeter nibs, I have to say. I only really use the brush end. Um, but they have a beautiful range of pastels. So like pastel, light blues, light lilacs, light pinks. So I always get those in the cream. And then there's another really good brush pen called, uh, it's a Faber-Castell called Pit the pit pen brush pens and they, they do them in a couple of sizes so they have a b which is the brush pen they also do a, a fine liner and um which is a i think that's an s i think but they have the most beautiful color the one i couldn't live without it's called ivory i agree it's like a really light cream my one wish is to get you could, there's 60 colors i think in the the brush pens and i, I buy them one at a time because they're expensive so i've only got about maybe 10 but ivory is the one that i've bought lots of times what are your best coloring tips for a beginner oh for a beginner it's just have fun just enjoy uh, the actual the part of it and don't compare so be inspired by those pictures but don't compare and think mine aren't so good number one and number two is post uh, i would really encourage any new colorist to get involved with you know um your favorite coloring book or the one you're working on most illustrators will have facebook groups get on there post no matter what stage you're at and just get some likes and some feedback and ask questions because the colorists will help and will you know give advice and tips if you request it and just share it's the sharing that i think makes all the difference in this hobby don't be afraid of sharing whatever stage you're at because we've all been there we've all picked up the pencil for the first time i only had my first pencils in 2017 Uh, And I had a lot to learn. And if you do post your pictures on an Instagram account or Facebook, it's brilliant then looking back as the years go by and just seeing how you've developed and how your own style has occurred or how how much better you are with those mediums. So, yeah, I would definitely say uh, join a Facebook group and and talk and ask questions and and enjoy, enjoy the process. It's good for the mind and soul. Yeah, Thank you so, so much, Bex. 
That's okay. I've really enjoyed it. It's been really, really good. I could talk for hours. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> and thank you, everyone out there who has been listening. And goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.